Hey all, welcome to the week 13 rankings episode of the IDP show with me, Jace Abbey. As I do each week, I'm going to be breaking down my weekly rankings, digging into some of the best and worst plays at each position for the slate of games ahead. Now, it says a lot about what I think about this week's guest that I've been nagging him to come on for a while now. hes uh, It's not that he's elusive or, or pod shy, he's just a a very busy guy and is so good at what he does that he's in such high demand. So I'm super pleased to get him on. A huge welcome to you, Mr. Kyle Bellafuel, IDP contributor at Football Guys. How are things, my man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on, Jace. And when you said that, it's not that I'm elusive. You definitely watch my high school tape, uh, football and basketball, because <laughs> I ain't got much for moves. My, my feet are made of cement. So, <laughs> But, oh, man, it's been a busy uh, busy few months for me, and I'm happy that we finally got to get together, man. I've been really looking forward to talking ball with you and hanging out. Oh, same, same. Um, look, how's your how's your fantasy season going so far? Uh, it's been it's been pretty good actually. Um, my main dynasty league that's been running for like thirteen or fourteen years. I'm uh, I already locked a playoff spot, so that's good. I don't have to worry about the bottom again coming up here, um, in week thirteen. But um, yeah, I got a couple of those uh, IDP show best balls where I'm doing all right, and uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm in the running in most of my leagues. There's a few few stinkers out there. It's just the way it goes. I got one dynasty team I'm rebuilding and trying to sell and and get some uh some picks and young players so that's fun too to kind of have a little bit of that in the mix as well but uh yeah it's, it's been fun it, it, and i'm looking forward to uh this finish these last few weeks as we roll into the playoffs oh, how about you how- yeah. yeah we're getting to crunch time aren't we um but yeah i'm yeah. doing all right it's kind of feast or famine um being hit by the injury bug in a few yeah. and down by some big names we're in we're in one i think best ball uh, together um, okay I think, I think you might be second i'm third and we're both chasing jeff who looked like he might be running away with oh. for a while there so um got my eye on you carl yeah. i'm gunning for you <laughs> <laughs> and we're both coming for jeff so you better watch oh out too. yeah definitely watch out jeff um, <laughs> but yeah look i mean I'm, I'm i'm really really looking forward to diving into these these rankings with you so um yeah let's uh let's let's dive straight in i'd like you to kick us off actually with with a linebacker who i think you you were hyping for for week 13 who you got yeah right on man uh so my linebacker that i'm on this week is uh mr aziz al shair from tennessee um al shair had been balling uh he had 51 tackles in weeks five through nine so he, he really started to hit his stride there cooled off a little bit with just 11 tackles only three solos in weeks 10 and 11 um he saw a little uh, a dip in snaps in week 11 that was likely due to Tennessee getting rolled by Jacksonville. So um, kind of, kind of the deal there, but uh, however, there's no doubt, uh, you know, he's the lead guy for the Titans defense and he rebounded with a nice, you know, eight tackle outing in week 12. So uh, that was nice to see after those down weeks. Um, but in week 13, Al Shear has a, a big divisional game on tap against Indianapolis. Uh, they're top 10 in points allowed to the linebacker position via the uh, football guys points allowed allowed charts uh, using football guys scoring and uh, Indy is also uh, top 10 in tackles allowed via John Macri's uh, beautiful charts that he shares with us on Twitter. Um, love those charts. So shout out and hugs to John. You're the best. Um, and uh, you know, the last time El Shear faced the Colts back in week five, he racked up 15 tackles, seven solos. Um, so he had a big week five against, against Indy and you know, Jonathan Taylor is likely out this week, but he didn't play in week five either. So, you know, there, there's that. And uh, so, yeah, I, I really like uh, El Shayer as a strong play this week. And I think there's a, a real solid chance he finishes as an LB1 after, you know, those couple of down weeks after that 
you know, mid season where, where he was rolling and we were like, this is what we were hoping for. So I think he gets back on track in a nice game this week. Yeah. Yeah. Good shout. Good shout. And, uh, first and foremost, yeah. Also, um, tip to, to John for those, uh, those charts. I use them myself. I try, yes. to, try to mention it each week. I try to give uh, <laughs> with credit where credit's due. Um, Absolutely. yeah. I'll show you. Yeah, he's, he's 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 having a good year, isn't he? I'm not a huge fan of the player uh, himself, but right. he's a great example of you know, yep. um, you know how we don't need these guys to be good necessarily to remain mm-hmm. amongst the most productive sort of fantasy uh, assets, uh, providing yep. they hold down, hold down that role, right? So yeah, yep. and he's he's exactly that. There's no clear indication that he's going to be sort of relinquishing that role, like you said. He played a few. Uh, a few snaps fewer than he would have done normally uh, back in week mm-hmm. eleven, but you know it was a, it was a blowout. So um, yeah, it's 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 nothing to read into too much, and I I think it's a good call. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I'm right with you though. Like El Shayer, he's the prototypical kind of like he doesn't have to be the greatest NFL linebacker, but he's going to get you some tackles, you know, you know, and, and get us some points. It's just one of those deals. But yeah. Um, Let's go. Let's hope uh, you know he repeats that that uh, week five performance that he had. Fifteen tackles last time against the Colts. Oh yeah, that'll be something. We'll um, take it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Good shout. Good shout. Um, so the linebacker I want to feature in this spot uh, for week thirteen is is Jack Campbell. Um, he's my uh, my LB forty one this week and one spot behind uh, JOK and one ahead of uh, Jelani Tavai. I mean, we all know it's been a a frustrating year for his fantasy managers, right? He he hasn't unseated Alex Anzalone from that full-time role, and he's fallen or, or remained behind Derek Barnes as well most of the season. Um, as is the case with most sort of rookie linebackers, he's he's clearly got room to improve, especially in in pass coverage. Um, Lions fans will, will know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's just simply got to play better to become the player we all hoped he would be, but it's early, um, so... Uh, and more importantly, uh, the wrist injury to to Anzalone, um, the one that he suffered against uh, was a Green Bay, um, kind of creates an opportunity for for Campbell to get more involved, and he's got to use this window to make a, make a real statement. I think um, I'm a bit tentative about recommending him as a as a starter this week. Um, as I said earlier, um, Barnes has been more involved than Campbell so far, but even if Barnes um, uh, assumes Anzalone's role and Campbell slides into Barnes's role, we're still going to be talking about somewhere in the region of about 60-80% snap share, possibly more. And that, for me, would place him in that low-end LB3, LB4 territory, especially in a week like this one where we've got a, a much smaller pool of players because we've got, what, six teams on a bye. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of like his, uh, his outlook for the week, maybe for the next few weeks if Anzalone misses more time. So that's where my head's at, Kyle. What do you what do you think of this situation in Detroit as far as these linebackers are concerned? Yeah, no, I like this call a lot, um, and, and I really liked you know what you said about uh, with Anzalone being out with this wrist. It's, it, it creates an opportunity for Jack Campbell to really you know anoint that he's ready to play a bigger part in the defense and prove himself um, because the Lions are you know they just lost to Green Bay, um, you know little bit they're, they're on a little bit of a downward trend i still think they're the best team in the nfc north there's no doubt about it they're gonna win the division and whatnot but right they want to shore things up and, and jack campbell could really you know make a name for himself by playing some really good football here while anzalone's out who's been their leader and um also I, i'm with you you know Derek barnes had kind of been seeing some decent volume lately 
you know, he hit 90%, 95% the one week. And like you said, he's at least been 60, 70, maybe 80. So if Campbell gets in those numbers, um, you know, he, he could, he's in the range, especially with six teams on by, he's in the range where you're not scared to put him in if you have to this week, because you're taking our lead guy. And if he slides in that Barnes role, he'll be on there enough. And, you know, um, Campbell has the game to be IDP productive. He's that tackle machine, Iowa linebacker. He's big, he's physical, uh, long arms. Um, we just, uh, we'd like to see him step it up a little bit. And this is, I, I love that, you know, it's great. Like you said, it's creates a nice opportunity for him to prove himself a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's showtime, isn't it, for him now? Mm-hmm. He, can, he can really, really take advantage of this, uh, this window. And mm-hmm. it might, it might shake things up completely. The only thing, yeah, the only good. So I've got a slight, slight reservation uh, upsetting what's kind of working. Um, yeah. They, yep. they kind of, their, their hands being forced a little bit, but um, yeah, I think when, uh, when Anzalone comes back, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But well, yeah, maybe is, if he, if he plays well and puts, you know, maybe get some locks going and they just, they go with that. He got, he starts rocking that long blonde hair. They'll just slide him into Anzalone's role and in the, and they won't know the difference, and we'll, we'll be all better for <laughs> for our dynasty squads, right? <laughs> we still got our fill of the uh, the Prince of Asgard, just in another, right. <laughs> yeah. in another body. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk quick hitters. Give us a, a quick breakdown of any other linebackers you like this week. Yeah, I got a couple guys here for quick hitters. Uh, Nicholas Moreau for Philadelphia. Um, the Eagles linebacker room is banged up. N'Kobe Dean's on IR with a foot, I believe it was. Uh, Zach Cunningham, he suffered a hamstring injury last week. Sounds like he's going to be out this week. Um, Morrow's coming off a healthy 87 snaps this past week, 92% snap share, racked up 12 tackles, a tackle for loss. Uh, you're looking as things sit right now, I didn't see if they signed the guy off the couch or not, but he's you know, the likely lead LB um, with him and Christian Ellis as the only healthy linebackers in the Philly linebacker room. And they take on San Francisco this week and Morrow's uh, a nice play as, as the lead guy there. Um, and then the other guy I had was uh, Jermaine Pratt. Um, I like a little bounce back week for Jermaine Pratt after a slow couple weeks here. Um, you know, the snaps had still been there. He's been 85%, I think the past few weeks, decent ball, you know, that he's had a nice volume all year, but just a couple of slower weeks after a nice start. But a uh, favorable matchup for linebackers against Jacksonville this week. Logan Wilson's dealing with an ankle injury, so Pratt may need to step up a little bit for Cincinnati's D and uh, us IDP managers as well. So, Yep, good good shouts, good shouts. Interesting to see whether, like you say, whether Leonard signs in, in Philly. Yeah. They kind of kind of need him at this point. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of I'm just I'm refreshing the news the news the news every couple of uh, every couple yep. of hours trying to trying to trying to wait and see. But yeah, we're all waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so in my uh, I've got a couple of other names on my sort of quick list as well. The first of which is is Ernest Jones. Um, he's had some really really solid weeks. Um, mixed in with some disappointing ones as well. I know he hasn't been fully healthy all year and playing a little bit hampered by that injury. Uh, and talking of those down weeks, last week was, you know, probably the worst as you finished with just just four <laughs> four tackles. I think only one of those was was solo as well. So, but he only played uh, like sixty three percent of the snaps. Most of the starters were rested in that in that blowout win yeah. over the uh, the Cardinals. And I, I kind of like him to bounce back in what should be an excellent matchup against the Browns, um, who have allowed a, a ton of tackles to to opposition linebackers. So he's he's number one. Number two is EJ Speed. And there's, this one's less about sort of projection um, mm-hmm. more, or matchup. In fact, it's, it's simply based on the fact that he he assumed the role that we hoped he would. There was that sort of nagging doubt um, because of what we saw a couple of weeks back when uh, 
uh, Sagoon Alubi appeared from nowhere for, for one week only right. and, uh, and and kind of dominated the snap share alongside or behind, sorry, uh, Franklin. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been, uh, it was speed all the way and it was just nice to see, reassuring. It was what we expected yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, him going forward, I think is, uh, is, is, is a, is a pretty solid play there in, in Indy. So. No, I, I like those calls. I like Jones against Cleveland as well. I got him in a couple leagues. I'm, I'm pretty excited for him to have a nice weekend. I'm still not sure if Sigwana Luby is AI or if he's a real person. Are they just planning to mess with us? Because we thought it was going to be EJ Speed, and now it's finally EJ Speed. So yeah, um, still yeah. trying to figure that out. I'm still skeptical. But <laughs> yeah, I I gotta be honest. The hat I was like, who? Yeah, right. yeah. Is this is this a real thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, we, this <laughs> this week, uh, you know, EJ Speed getting that healthy role was nice. That's that's what we were hoping for. Really nice to see, and it kind of just adds to that pool of players. We, you know, the more the more full time linebackers we can get in that pool, the the better, because it gets really shallow in those yes. 14, 16 team leagues that start what three maybe four positions. Sometimes we're kind of yeah. desperately scrabbling around trying to find guys. So. Glad to say there's another one there. It's good. Absolutely. Um, okay, look, so let's let's move on to the linebackers who are fading this week. Who do you have for us here? Okay, so um, my first guy I'm fading is uh, Nate Landman from Atlanta. Um, Landman saw his snap share dip to 74% in week 12 after holding a 93.7 snap share over the previous three weeks. Um, this led to his lowest output of just four tackles since stepping into his starting role after Troy Anderson went down. Um, this is the first time Landman has seen his snaps dip after ideal volume, but the timing certainly isn't ideal as we fight for playoff spots down the stretch in our leagues here. Also, um, I, you know, I'm just kind of curious, is there a chance we see more three safeties? Looks, I see, I see DeMarco Helms, uh, you know, log 38 snaps this week. I haven't had a chance to dig into it, uh, but color me curious, I guess, to uh, check into that a little bit. Um, uh, to go with the snapshot dip, uh, Landman's matchup against the Jets isn't uh, isn't ideal this week either. The Jets' offense is uh, well bad, to put it nicely. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I don't even think Aaron Rodgers could save us with one Achilles, but um, and they rank bottom five in points allowed to the linebacker position uh, according to Football Guys scoring. Um, all this adds up to Landman being more of a you know LB three four type. Um, you know, af- for me this week after, you know, those, those nice weeks coming out of the bye there. Um, it, it's just a bummer. Cause you know, like I said, he had those nice, this, those nice weeks coming out of that week 11 bye. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've also cool a little bit on, yeah. on Lamman this week after just talking him up a little bit last week. Um, <laughs> uh, like you say, he kind of came off the field a bit more against the, the saints than he did in the previous two or three games. Um, they played a lot more sort of uh, single linebacker than they would. Um, not not even a lot more, just sort of what twenty percent or so more. But mm-hmm. that even that is 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 enough to to kind of hurt what we what we've seen from Lambman so far. I mean, there's a good chance the Falcons are playing with a lead here. I think mm-hmm. meaning the Jets will be throwing the ball more often. Um, I think it was thirty eight times last week and. Uh, yeah, uh, that would mean the Falcons D could look very similar this week to how it looked last week, which is kind of bad news for, for Lambman. Um, so yeah. And also obviously he missed practice on Wednesday with, uh, with a thigh injury. So that kind of just further adds to the concerns where, where he's, uh, where he's, where he's at. So yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. I like it. 
Um, the guy I want to nominate in this spot is Jelani Tavai. Uh, he's my LB42, one spot behind Jack Campbell and one ahead of uh, Jameen Davis. And this one's pretty straightforward. He's, it's almost entirely based on Snapshare. Um, he assumed that every down roll before the Patriots buy in week 10 um, because obviously Bentley was was out with injury. Uh, and unsurprisingly, Tavai had his his biggest stat line of, of the year. Um, eight tackles and a pass breakup. But obviously Bentley returned uh, and was the full-time guy again. And Tavai played fewer than 70% of the snaps as he normally does. Um, so yeah, his reign as a solid LB3 or even low-end <laughs> LB2 was like super short-lived. Uh, and now he kind of sinks into that sort of LB4 territory again. Even this week, again, when we're talking about a, a really shallow pool of players available. So yeah, this is a... I mean, this is a no-brainer, right, Kyle? Yeah, I, I think you absolutely nailed it, man. Uh, you know, the snap share fluctuation, not ideal when, when Bentley's back. And um, I struggle with uh, Patriot IDPs as it is. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, absolutely good call, man. And uh, I'm, I, I'm off on Tavai as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so any other names you want to mention in this section in the quick hitters? Yeah, uh, first one is Christian Harris from Houston. Um, Harris has had back-to-back full-time shares the past two weeks with Denzel Perryman, oh, while suspended. Uh, he had a nice 12-tackle outing against Jacksonville. It was a, a, nice, lineba- a nice linebacker matchup um, each week. Uh, Perryman returns this week, and I just don't trust the Houston LB situation or Harris's role enough to roll him out against Denver this week. Um, I'm likely avoiding the Houston linebacker situation if I can completely outside of Blake Cashman. Um, and uh, David Long in Miami, uh, we've seen, you know, we see some zo- solid volume out of David Long when Jalen Phillips uh, was out earlier in the year. Uh, shout, you know, hope, let's hope Jalen Phillips heals up. Brutal injury, man. I hate to see it. So let's hope he gets better uh, soon and balls out next year. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, when he was out early in the year, um, he was, you know, Long wasn't dealing with Andrew Van Ginko kind of eating some snap, box snaps on him and, and kind of fight with him a little bit there. Um, so, you know, Long had hit that 90 plus percent snap mark in weeks four and five, had some nice production to go along with it. Um, however, I, I'm just not going to count on that happening again until I see it. Um, Long has just a 64 percent snapshot over his last three games, just seven tackles over his last two games. Um, you know, me and Josh talked about this, you know, earlier Long is just he's getting outplayed by Jerome Baker. And, you know, while we saw him spike when Phillips was out and Van Ginko slid to the edge earlier in the season, I just want to see it before I just readily roll him out, you know, right away thinking he's going to go right back to that. I understand, like we said, there's six teams on by. If you have to, you have to. But I'm not just like, oh, he's going to go play 95% of the snaps, you know, instantly. I, one of those wait and see things for me. Give it a week if I can. Yeah, right there with you. These they, they both feel like kind of trap players, don't they? For for yeah. different reasons. Harris yeah. because of the big share last week, long because he might have more of a run this week. But yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'd 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 much rather look elsewhere. They're both ranked somewhere in my forties, um, for, for the reasons you outlined there. So yeah. Right. Avoid the trap. I like <laughs> right? visions of Admiral Akbar right now, <laughs> warning us all about not not starting David <laughs> yep. Long, Christian Harris. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. He's talking about Christian Harris and David Long. <laughs> it is. It was. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, my my great hit list uh, of linebackers. I'm not keen on starts with, um, unsurprisingly, Christian Harris. Great minds, Kyle. Um, 
for all the all the reasons you mentioned uh yeah don't don't go into that don't go into that trap um christian roseboom is the other one uh he's been a guy i've kind of leaned on occasionally um because yeah. of injuries at the linebacker spot especially in those busy bye weeks um but his snapshot snap share has dropped off a little lately uh while some of that might be because the rams have been involved in some in some blowouts i I don't think he's that much better than the guys behind him, um, mm-hmm. and they've been getting more looks than normal. So, yeah, I, yeah, not not a big Rosa Boom fan. I wasn't before the season started. Kind of surprised to see him play as much as he has. Um, but there's been there's been little else on the roster, and I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a more even share going forward. Yeah, that's a that's a great call I'm with you on Rose Boom too. Yeah. I, that's uh, it's a bit worrisome. With I, I'm not I'm not a big fan uh, of his either. And a bit worried that it could it could get worse snapshot wise as we go here. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's kind of bounced around. I do I do top fifty linebackers, and he's one of those yeah. guys that's bounced around between sort of the the high end forties and being unranked uh, every week. Yeah. There's there's a few of them like the Jack Gibbons, the Isaiah McDuffies, mm-hmm. that sort of those sort of those sort of players. But yeah, Rosa Boom is sort of at the bottom of that list now for me, really, and trying to avoid him where I can. Um, so let's on, on to my onto my favorite position group, uh, the defensive lineman. Kyle, who are you keen on in week 13? All right, man. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Mr. Bradley Chubb from Miami. Um, Chubb has seen ideal volume this season, uh, an 82% snap share on the year. It would actually be the highest snap share season total of his career in seasons where he's played double-digit games, if this holds, of course. So uh, volume has been really nice. Um, Chubb's pressure rate is right around the league average at 12.6%. So, you know, he's fine in that department. Um, failed to take advantage of a nice matchup against the Jets in week 12, but had a four, four game sack streak before Miami's week 10 bye with five sacks over those four games. Um, he gets the spiciest of matchups against Washington this week, who have allowed Sam Sack Howell. Shout out Josh Raymer for coining that. Sam Sack Howell to get sacked 55 times on the year. Um, I think Chubb is set to break that two-game sack drought he's currently on and is a DL or edge one for me this week. Um, start your pass rushers against Washington is a theme this year. I'm sure you guys have heard that before. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think uh, Chubb will be eager to take advantage of this situation for us. Uh, one thing is Chubb did show up as a limited participant on the injury report with a knee uh, today. So just keep an eye on that. I didn't see much information on it floating around yet. But um, and just just something to keep an eye on. But if he goes, man, uh, I like Chubb wheels up uh, for week 13 against that Washington Swiss cheese offensive line. Oh, yeah. E- easy, easy, uh, easy one to agree with here. I, I, I've been kind of slow, though, in coming around to, to considering Chubb a, a good edge rusher. And it, it's a slight mm-hmm. hangover from his rookie year when I thought he was a yep. bit fortunate to have as many sacks as he did. But he's, he's won me over since... Um, uh, in previous years, but especially with what he's done this year uh, and this week, I've got him ranked. I think higher than I've had him ranked all all year. I think he's my uh, my DL ten or Edge nine uh, this week, um, and nice. that's largely because of what you mentioned that that matchup against Washington. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Washington, for me, it's it's Washington, the Giants, uh, yep. and the Jets of late. Yep. They're the three every every week that I'm like, right, who, which which edge rushers can I <laughs> can I find that are playing against those guys and. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll even start, you know, I'll even find guys on the waivers um, if in, in those shallow leagues to to start against those teams um, where I can. So, yeah, um, like you say, that, that injury kind of limited him in practice um, rather than 
rather than prevented him from from, from practicing. So I'm not overly concerned yet. Yeah. It's just something to keep an eye on, like you said. So good, good shout. Thanks, Ben. Um, so yeah, my feature guy here is is Josh Allen. Uh, he's my edge and my DL four, one behind Nick mm-hmm. Bosa and one ahead of of Miles Garrett. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't like to state the obvious. Uh, it's more useful when we talk about some of these sort of up and comers. Um, but I'm giving my way some leeway here because I just want to talk about one of my favorite guys this year, and it's, and it's Allen. Allen is that guy. He's had 60 pressures, 13 sacks, and he's got a 17.8 percent pressure rate. It's just, it's just been pretty cool, pretty fun to watch. Um, you know, the knock earlier in the season was that his his production kind of comes in, in bunches, and that was kind of fair. But at this point, when we're in uh, week 13 and we're talking about four multi-sack games, three of which have been three-sack games, that, that point becomes kind of redundant. Um, and then you add in the fact that he's played against the Bengals this week, a team that's allowed more sacks in the last three weeks than, than every team in the league, except for the Panthers, Jets, and Giants. I mean, there's just... There's very little not to love here. Um, Kyle, any any thoughts to add on this one? Oh, you nailed it, man. Uh, he's He's been having a fantastic year. He's about to get himself paid some big-time money. Um, and like you said, you know, he gets the knock of all his sacks coming bunches, but I'll take him when he gets them because he'll win you He'll win you weeks. And he's a premier pass, turning into a premier pass rusher, and I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. And um, against, like you said, you nailed it with, against Cincinnati. It could be one of those big weeks, and I want him in my lineup. Yeah, just uh, Jake Browning uh, just kind of <laughs> makes it makes it more exciting for me yeah. for where Allen's concerned, I guess. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so any other uh, defensive linemen you think could have a good week? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Miami well here and talk about Mr. Andrew Van Ginkle. Um, you know, we talked about Jalen Phillips being out. Uh, he should be tasked with filling that voided edge from the Miami defense once again, like he did earlier in the year. Uh, the three games Phillips wasn't active for earlier this season, week two, four, and five. Uh, Van Ginkle had an 82% snap share. He had uh, four sacks over that those three games. And, uh, you know, as I said with Chubb, and you alluded to as well, the plus matchup with Washington and Van Ginkle could be a waiver wire darling down the stretch after this too with Tennessee and the Jets next up after after this Washington matchup. So big big on Van Ginkle this week as well. And then uh, last one here, uh, Jermaine Johnson from the Jets. Uh, Johnson, he's had a, a pretty solid second season uh, for the Jets defense. A couple tough matchups the past few weeks against Buffalo and Miami. Uh, much better matchup in week 13 against Atlanta. They are number one overall points allowed to the defensive end position of football guys scoring. So I like Johnson as like a DL edge two type. Uh, I have him going in quite a few spots too, so I need him to hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good shouts. Um, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable about Johnson if the, the Falcons had allowed uh, any sacks in their last two, but the, yeah, that yeah, it's, that Jets pass rush unit is is far superior to anything that they faced in the last two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that call and Van Ginkle. Yes, it's, 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 he's also a my quick list. So again, uh, great great minds. It's just uh, the only reservation I've got with him is you know how many snaps is he going right. to see as a pure edge rusher? But you yeah. know, um, you you've got to look that. Well, they've got to look back. I think at his production earlier in the year, and they they'd be silly not to go back to that. Well, I think. Is is too, too, too good in that role to to not utilize in that way. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great point too. Like, yeah, we're kind of wondering what the snap share looks like, but you're, you're right, man. If you look back at how successful he was filling in earlier, you got to think they they give him enough looks out there, right? So, let's Definitely. let's hope let's hope they they, they uh, are happy with what they saw and put him right back there. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, him. I also had uh, uh, David Onyemata here. I know he's like been a that. bit, he's been a bit boom or bust this year. Uh, not just in terms of his sack rate, but his his pressures, his pressure numbers as well. Um, but if he's going to get it done, I think this week could be it. Um, his matchup against the the Jets is really tasty. They've surrendered the second most sacks on a per game basis this year, and that rate is is increasing if you look back over the last three. <laughs> three weeks um so yeah on your matter yeah i'm so so on the player this year um in terms of what he's done but yeah that matchup's too too good to ignore yeah i like that on call i got him in a couple of those dt leagues three card leagues true position leagues and he's been he's he's been nice uh a nice pickup this year and i think this could be a really nice week for him so i totally dig that call yeah yeah so defensive linemen we're not keen on for for week 13 <laughs> Give me a give me a name. I, I, I sound as I as I said that I realized I sounded like that guy uh, that was training Arya in Game of Thrones. Give a name, any name. What was his name? Uh, Jalen Hagar, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, um, I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, give me a give me a name. A defensive lineman you don't like. <laughs> um, so the name I'm going to throw to you here is uh, Nick Benito for Denver. Um, this is a case where I'm worried about uh, chasing points, depending on your options. Um, Benito was a pleasant surprise earlier this season when he was seeing steady 60 to 70 plus percent snap shares piled up five and a half sacks in weeks two through five. So that was awesome early in the year, right? Um, but since Baron Browning has returned, Benito has seen his volume dip. Um, over the last three games, uh, here's kind of what the Denver pass rush snap shares look like. Uh, Jonathan Cooper is at 71%. Baron Browning at 66% and Nick Benito at just 49%. Um, Benito had a great week 12, uh, one and a half sacks, three quarterback hits, generated nine pressures in a solid matchup against Cleveland. Um, you know, however, prior to that week, to last week, Benito had a five-game sack drought with just eight tackles and a tackle for loss over the span. Um, you know, Benito's a talented player. We saw that this past week at a nice game. So he's, you know, we know he's got some talent, but the volume just hasn't been ideal lately. Um, IDP managers thinking he's going to get go back on a heater like he did earlier in the season could be disappointed. Um, he draws a matchup against Houston in week 13, who are about middle of the road and ranked 21st in points allowed to defensive ends and football guys scoring. Yeah, this is a this is a good call for the for for the exact reasons you you mentioned, and he's an odd one. He can look really good on on right. face value. His his pressure rate is is excellent. The sack mm-hmm. numbers are, are very good considering he's been, like you say, a part time player for for a while now since since Baron Browning returned. But it's only when you take a, a closer look that some of the the shine uh, is taken off of that that resume a little bit. Five of his his seven sacks have come up against some some really terrible offensive lines. Yeah. Um, yep. And I mean, they all count, right? Um, yeah. Every every edge rusher plays against some bad offensive lines at that point, but it does hurt him a little bit in my eyes. And and also his uh, his win rate is only eighteen percent, which ranks thirty eighth amongst all edge rushers, even after what was, uh, as you pointed out, his best game of the season last last uh, last week against the uh, was it the Browns he played? Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Clearly. And had his had his. Uh, highest win rate by far still only 18 percent um which is it's just pretty pretty low um can he can he keep it up um you know what we saw last week and carve out a bigger role i'd have more confidence if we'd seen him string together a bunch of games like yeah. that not just those ones against terrible offensive lines but games against teams like cleveland who who have a pretty good um pair of offensive tackles i'm not sure but um yeah i i 
I'm I'm with you, and for that reason, I've got him ranked as uh, I think he's an edge four uh, or there or thereabouts in my in my week thirteen rankings. I need to see him have more volume, um, and, and for to do that, he'd need to eat into Jonathan yep. Cooper or Baron Browning's snapshot. It's not something I'm I'm super confident is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you, man. And like you said, you know, he, he took advantage of the matchups, which you should. But you know that that stretch where he, he was really quiet there, and then a boom game. You're like, oh, is he back? It's like I don't really want to bank on that. Like you said, you want to see a little bit more stability in the production and the snap share. So exactly, you you put it way better than I did. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I don't <know> that. <laughs> uh, so my my guy is uh, Boye Mafe. Uh, he's my edge 19 or DL 25, one behind Jermaine Johnson. One ahead of Shaquille Barrett. And I I've got to admit, I don't like suggesting people fade him this week because uh I, I, I really like the guy. He's had he had that amazing run of a sack in like seven games yep. straight between weeks three and ten. He still had eight pressures in the two games since, um, despite not having a sack. And uh yeah, like I say, been really impressed with how he's looked this year. Unfortunately for him, he's playing against the Cowboys this week, arguably the most informed offensive line in the league um a team that's not allowed a sack uh, a single sack uh, in their last uh i want to say three games i might be exaggerating it might be two but um wow. admittedly they haven't faced uh, a dominant um pass rushing team lately um but zero sacks still allowed over that period is is, is impressive all the same so the bottom line really i like mafe I've been impressed with how he stepped up in the absence of uh, Uchenna and Wusu, but I just don't like his matchup. Kyle, yeah, no. agree or disagree? No, I'm with you, man. Uh, I was looking at Boye Mafe for my list as well. Um, yeah, you know, I, I do like Mafe as well. I, I struggle to, to recommend good players. I think guys I think are good players, but you know, he had that great run seven in a row. Like you said, seven seven games in a row with the sack. Cool off lately in the matchup this week. Just it, it isn't ideal at all. I, I don't think it's one a week where he's going to get it back going. So I'm totally with you on Mafe. Although I do like the player as well, but yeah, not not overly excited about his outlook this week either. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a shame, but it is what it is. Yeah. We have to we have to call it as we see it, right? Right. <laughs> um, so who's on your, your quick list of uh, dislikes uh, yeah. the this week? So the first one hits home for me um, is Preston Smith from Green Bay. Um, it, it's been a slow couple of weeks for Smith uh, against the Chargers and Detroit. Uh, not a ton going on in the box score. Um, and this week he has a tough matchup against Kansas City. Uh, Mahomes just doesn't take too many sacks. It's a tough matchup. And uh, I just don't see a ton of upside with Smith this week. He's just a volume play if you have to type deal. Um, and then the Washington pass rushers, Casey Tuhill and KJ Henry, um, both Tuhill and Henry had a sack against the poor Giants offensive line in week 11, but failed to do much of anything against Dallas in week 12, who you alluded to as a really strong offensive line. Um, and I'm expecting more of the same in a tough matchup against Miami in week 13. Miami should get up early in the game script. Uh, likely won't be ideal um, uh, for them to get to get home even in the second half of volume. Um, even with six teams on a bye, uh, I'm looking anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Are you um, slight tangent? But obviously, you're you're a big Packers fan. Where do you stand on the the Preston Smith rest of season sort of outlook? And, and how do you how do you see the guy like the likes of Lucas Van Ness coming on? Uh, over the, again the rest of the season 
Yeah, um, you know, I think Preston Smith, he's a solid, you know, NFL player. He's, he's been an okay IDP asset as well. Um, I like Van Ness is really starting to figure it out a little bit lately. He's looked a lot better, and they're kicking him inside some as well. He's playing on the edge, and they're, they'll slide him in, which he did at Iowa, and he can he can get low and, and really penetrate if you give him that single gap to just, just create havoc, right? And uh, so, yeah, I, I think Smith's going to continue to have a pretty solid role, but Van Ness is in the mix, and they're moving him around a little bit. And Kingsley Anikbare is in there as, as well. You know, he he's done enough to he's done enough to warrant snaps as well. So, you know, Smith could lose some, but I think, you know, I think he'll have a solid role, um, you know, down the stretch here. If things start to go, you know, Green Bay is trending up a little bit right now, and we're still in the hunt to to get a playoff spot. If things mm-hmm. go the other way. Maybe at the end of the year they give Van Ness a little more run on the edge, you know, get him a little, a little more experience. Who knows? But um, but yeah, you know, I, I think Smith will be pretty decently involved as he usually is, but he could cede some snaps absolutely to Van Ness and Enik Barre if, if uh, you know, if things kind of continue as they are, they, they keep playing well, or you know, we get out of the playoff hunt. So yeah, I'd be interesting to interesting to watch. But yeah, I just wanted to pick your brains as I said, yeah. you're a big uh, big Packers fan, so keen on keen on your perspective. Um, so the guys, I've got a few defensive linemen who have dropped in my, my rankings. Um, the first guy I want to talk about is, is Leonard Williams. Um, I've got to confess, I wanted to mention him here because I, I mistakenly thought he had a sack last week. And when I, when I saw his matchup, uh, with the Cowboys, I wanted to warn people off of him this week. But when I circled back around again, I realized he didn't in fact have a sack. He got close, uh, generated a ton of, of pressure on, on Tim Boyle, but he never actually got home. Uh, so I doubt many have him in their lineups, um, even this week with a, a diminished pool of players. But if anyone is feeling tempted, I'd, I'd caution against against starting him. He's maybe a pretty easy one. Um, Jonathan Allen uh, is my next guy. He's, he's kind of got it together again lately after a, a bit of a barren spell. Um, but I've dropped him in my rankings because the Dolphins' offensive line, or, or rather Tua, isn't in the habit of taking many sacks. They've yeah. allowed, I think, two or fewer in eight out of 11 games this year, which is a pretty horrible number if you're looking to start those defensive linemen against the Dolphins. So, yeah, uh, fading Jonathan Allen as well. Yeah, I'm with you on those calls. Leonard Williams, uh, I was hoping for a little bit of juice for him going to play in Seattle, leaving that Giants team, but it just hasn't been ideal um, at all. You know, for us IDP gamers, uh, you know, since he made the move. But uh, And then, yeah, Jonathan Allen, just a tough matchup against Miami. Uh, this week as well for sure for sure okay mr better fuel uh let's uh, let's talk some defensive backs we're into defensive back territory who are you who are you hyping this week uh first guy i'm gonna i'm gonna hype up is a guy i have on quite a few rosters uh is kevin byard from philadelphia now uh byard has been balling his last two games uh since coming out of philly's week 10 by um he's got 21 tackles 17 solos and an interception over that two game stretch uh, his alignment has also been encouraging over those two games as he spent about 65% of his snaps up in the box and slot areas. So just uh, really good stuff right there. Um, Bayer draws a plus matchup against San Francisco in week 13. They are top five of points allowed to the safety position via football guys scoring. And they have been generous in the tackle department to safeties as well. Um, I think the good times will keep rolling with Bayard, and I like him as a DB or safety one this week. Um, and Bayard's a player I'm eager to watch in this premier NFC battle between Philly and San Francisco in Week 13. I I love the call. I'm a I'm a big Bayard fan. Uh, I think it was like two two weeks ago, Week 11. Uh, Gary Davenport 
um, named by Ard as, as one of his guys that he liked for the week um, in, in what could have been a, t- a tough matchup against the, the, the Chiefs, but he, he actually correctly predicted that Bayard yeah. would, would get his first interception. I think it was his first interception of the season. And, and yeah, when I saw it happen, I was, yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Or just super lucky. I don't know. <laughs> Hell of a uh, call Gary's, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Gary's obviously very good at what he does. Yeah, so he was, for sure. uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good shout. It was a good shout. Oh, yeah. uh, and obviously, you know, we followed that up with uh, a big week in, in week, uh, 13, 12 against the Bills. Um, you know, 14 yep. combined tackles and a pass breakup. There's just a, a lot to like about what he's done this year. Uh, tackle volume has been there. We're starting to see those big plays too. Yeah, I love the call. Um, my feature guy is uh, Reed Blankenship, his, his teammate. He's my my safety and, and DB3 this week, one behind uh, the amazing Jesse Bates and one ahead of uh, Buddy Baker. I just I love what, what Blankenship has done this year. Uh, he's been predominantly a deep safety, which can sometimes mean more inconsistency, but he's been as consistent as as anyone at the position in, in many ways. Seven or more tackles in every game except one. Um, he's mixed in enough big plays as well, two interceptions, six pass breakups, which in fact leads all, all safeties. He's tied for the safety lead in that category. I think when you combine those points with the fact that he's playing against the 49ers this week, a team that has allowed the highest rate of tackles to opposition safeties. I think you've got a recipe for a good week. What say you, Carl? I dig it, man. I, I have Blankenship on a few teams too, and I've been enjoying the ride. He's been an excellent uh, pickup this year. He might have got off waivers early on before the season started or um, you know, as it kicked off. And uh, Hey, Eagle safeties for the win this week, Jace. Let's go, buddy. Oh, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> all the way. <laughs> all the way. Um, so who else do you do you like at the DB position this week? Um, yeah, so I have Justin Reed, um, Kansas City. Reed's having a solid year. 16 tackles, 13 souls, and a tackle for loss over his last couple of games here. Favorable matchup against Green Bay in week 13. I like him as a solid DB2 this week. And then Devin Witherspoon, corner for Seattle. Uh, I'm just such a fan of this kid. Uh, he was a blast to watch in college at Illinois. I'm in Big Ten country, so I have to see plenty of him. Just a total blast to watch. Uh, he's balling out in the big show for us now, uh, for us IDP gamers now, having an impressive rookie season, both in the NFL and for us uh, IDP players. Uh, he should be busy uh, against Dallas in Week 13. He's a, he's a CB1 until further notice. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I think he's actually my <laughs> overall CB1 um, All this right. week. And, and he hasn't really been out of the top three, top five for for. For, for quite a while now but yeah i think he had an injury did he have an injury oh, i can't yeah, remember up at some um, point i think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he's been right there he's been he's been awesome hasn't he and like you say yeah. just a lot of fun to watch yes um, and not just productive in a fantasy sense i know this is a fantasy show but actually really really good as yeah. well um which is which is great to see so yeah i, I love that call um I mean, I'm biased, but I've got a couple of what I, what I think are solid choices on my list too. Uh, it starts with uh, Jordan Whitehead. I mentioned him last week, and I'll do it again this week because, well, it's my show, and I can um, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's had some. He's had a couple of quiet weeks um, after that opening, that huge opening game of the season. Um, but that happens to all DBs, and he's he's got a bit ahead of steam again now with with three solid games in a row. Um, that the Falcons are a, an average matchup for opposition safeties, but I, I feel like Whitehead is, is he has as good a chance as any to have a, a decent game here. So 
uh, I like him. Cameron Curl, um, I mean, he's not exactly a a big play safety. Everybody knows that. So in certain scoring systems, he may struggle to keep up with the, you know, the Jesse Bates and the, and the Kyle Hamiltons of the world. But if tackles are king in your scoring format, Curl will be right up there. He's he's got a favorable matchup against the the Dolphins this week. They rank something like fifth in in tackle rate to opposition safeties. So I. I just I just like him to keep doing what he usually does, really, and producing solid tackle volume for for a safety. No oh, man, I, I I totally dig those calls. I have a good amount of Jordan Whitehead on on a few of my rosters too, man. He's a player I, I like as well. Um, and then yeah, Cam Curl, man. Like you said, if your league is you know a little tackle heavy scoring wise, he is you know just an excellent start each week because that's what he does. Just nice floor, and, and he he helps you win that position. So yeah, I like yeah. those calls. I mean, so the the occasional big play would be yeah. would be great. Would be nice be to nice. see, but yeah. we know, we know where we are with him. And we want to get too greedy, but we'll take it. You know what I mean? Oh, I want to get greedy. <laughs> we I should get, get greedy. greedy. Let's get greedy. Get a pick six this <laughs> week, girl. Let's go. I, yeah, pick sixes, force fumbles, sacks. Come on. But yeah, no, we know where we're at with him, and we're happy with it. It's 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 nice to have someone who's reliable because mm-hmm. it is yeah. such an unreliable and inconsistent position. Um, to yeah. have a to have a guy who's not you know, all over the place and a little less volatile than others is, is really good to see. Um, so yeah, we're on to the final segment. The DBs we're, we're downplaying in week 13. Kyle, who have you, who is your featured guy here? All right. My featured dude is Jair Brown for San Francisco. Um, Brown stepped in for Telenoa Hufunga after he went down with a, an unfortunate ACL injury in week 11. Uh, he had a solid debut with his scoring, mostly aided by uh, him grabbing his first career interception against Tampa Bay. Uh, in week 12, he played all 56 snaps against Seattle. He, he spent 47 of those deep at free safety, was only able to, to, to uh, produce four tackles, one solo that week. Um, it's always exciting when a rookie flashes, right? Uh, it makes a little noise, but I'm just not overly excited about Brown right now for redraft, especially, you know, as the 49ers don't typically produce big time IDP producers at the safety position for us. Um, Hufanga had broken that mold a bit, uh, but even he had been a bit up and down this year before he did get hurt. Um, so I'm only rolling out Brown if I have to, even in a favorable matchup against uh, Philadelphia this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I like Brown. I think he'll become a, a really good player yeah. in time. I yeah. like how, how hard the, the 49ers were kind of banging the drum for him. Yep. Um yep. after after they selected him. I know that's the case with most teams when they're talking about right. their, their selections, but it was yeah, that you could tell that there was there was uh, some genuine love for him in the building um after they selected him. But but yeah, like you say, he's been uh, an inefficient tackler, small sample size, yeah, but inefficient so far and that could be because he's lined up almost exclusively as a as a deep safety yeah. um I'm, I'm pulling for him but i yeah like you i don't recommend starting him unless uh unless you're you're desperate um i've got him ranked as my safety 38 and db 52 for for those very reasons right on man and I, i'm with you dude i do like the player jair brown and, and a little mm-hmm. bit optimistic about you know having him on your dynasty roster um he's a fun player at penn state i got to see plenty of him like i said being a big 10 country he, he he was fun to watch but yeah like it's you know redraft and right now it's always we get excited when these rookies kind of flash for us because we got that dynasty mindset too yeah and uh uh you know but i'm just not not looking to roll them out and redraft as well but do i i'm with you i like you know i just i do kind of like the player and i'm intrigued by him going forward but not not ready to roll them out yet makes total sense 
uh, makes total sense. So the the featured uh, guy I've got on my dislike list this week is uh, Richie Grant. Um, and I kind of like what he's done uh, this year for the most part. He's a you know he's a full time player, spends a healthy amount of his time in the uh, in the box, uh, close to the line of scrimmage, but. He's, you know, he's not exactly a, a threat to record many, many splash plays. Um, that's that's kind of okay because the tackle numbers are healthy. But the reason I'm nominating him here is because of his his matchup. Uh, for the most part, the the Falcons are playing the Jets this week. The Jets have allowed so few tackles to to opposition safeties, and that tackle rate has has only become worse in the last three three games. So, yeah, you, you're probably going to still start Grant. If we're honest about this, he's a lot better than a lot of the other options out there. I'm not saying don't start him, but I wouldn't be surprised if his output did suffer a little this week. Uh, where do you stand on Grant, Carl? Yeah, I think you laid it out perfectly. Uh, he's tough to sit because you've probably been using him quite a bit, but the matchup isn't great. So, yeah, just kind of like temper expectations, right, for the week. So, um, yeah, I'm totally with you, man. It's an excellent call. It was. It was an excellent call. Yeah. <laughs> any other any any other DBs you you dislike this week? Uh, yes. <laughs> Here's an excellent couple calls, right? Um, <laughs> Donovan Wilson uh, uh, from Dallas. Uh, me and Josh uh, Raymer talked about it on the uh, waiver show the other the other night Monday night. Um, Wilson, uh, he was dinged up to start the year, and he's been back getting some decent volume, but he just quite isn't hit, quite hitting the mark even with that decent volume. And it's a bummer because he was coming off that 101 tackle campaign in 2022 where he was really productive for us IDP players. But um, matchup against Seattle Week 13 isn't overly exciting um, for safeties, I guess. And Jaron Curse will be back this week as well. And Curse missed last week with a back injury. Um, so that add that to the mix. And I just kind of one of those things I need to see it with Wilson before I trust him at this point. Um, and then lastly is uh, cornerback Darius Williams for Jacksonville. Uh, Williams started off the year red hot, uh, but has just three tackles and two passes defended over his last three games. He's also been targeted just seven times over those three games. Uh, pretty meh matchup against Cincinnati and Jake Browning in week 13. Uh, he could be in for another low output week, and there likely are better other options out there at the cornerback position. So I recommend going to see Johnny the Greek in his cornerback corner article and find yourself one and, uh, Get yourself in the right spot at the cornerback position. Shout out, Johnny. Ah, uh, yeah, great, great shouts on uh, on all three of those. So Wilson, Williams, and Johnny. Um, so yeah, um, I like I like that. I, you stole the only point I was going to make about Donovan Wilson with Curse returning this week. Going to be sort of seeing Wilson sort of drop back to that sort of eighty percent role, which makes him. Yeah, just not too too exciting a DB option when there's just so many other options at that yeah. position, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll close us out with uh, with my two guys. I'm fading this week, and it starts with uh, a really popular player, actually, in Lajarius Sneed. Um, it's been another good season for him in in fantasy terms. Tackle efficiency is slightly down on last year, if I'm honest. But last year was so exceptional in that case that I'm not surprised to see some drop off. Um, but the main reason I've got him uh, here this week is again matchup related. The the Packers. Um, they allow more tackles than normal to the Lions corners last week, but they still rank among the, the bottom three teams in tackling efficiency to opposition corners. Thank you, John. Um, but again, so again, look, you, you, you probably want to start Sneed. You, he's, he's still my like CB3, CB4 this week, but um, 
he's he's dropped in my rankings because of that matchup. Um, I just yeah, I'm, I'm not as high on him as I normally am. Is is the best way of putting it. Um, and my next guy and, and our final guy actually, Carl, is uh, Andre Cisco. Um, you mentioned with uh, with Darius Williams, he started well and then kind of faded away. That's that's very much the case with with Cisco as well. Um, and as I look back over my rankings in the last month, I realized that he's consistently fallen uh, each week. Um, and in fact, um, you know, he might not have even been listed at all this time around uh, if we weren't talking about six teams on a bye. He, his first four games, he had 21 tackles, two interceptions and a forced fumble. In his last four games, less than half the number of tackles uh, and a sack. So, yeah, I'm more inclined to believe that's just who he is, uh, the guy we've seen lately, given that, you know, he struggled for tackle numbers in the same scheme last year and with the same DC in in Mike Coldwell. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you with Cisco. I've, I've cooled off on him, uh, especially since, you know, like you said, his production's dipped and it just looks like it's – it's going to stay that way, right? Until we see differently. Um, and also, yeah. I love I love that you're uh, a little down on Legarius Sneak because he can just chill out uh, this week and you know just get some cardio, run around a little bit against Green Bay, and just just take it easy, man. Go have some Gatorade and, and get a little run in, and don't do much. <laughs> yeah, just sit on the bench for a bit. And, yeah, uh, take know. it easy on us. <laughs> yeah, just take it easy. Um, any any expectations for for this game? What what are your what are your what are your predictions? Ah, oh, man, you know we're. It was a big win against Detroit on Thanksgiving. I wasn't holding much hope going into that game, but we played really well. It was our best game, I thought. I think of the year. Um, Jordan Love looked good. Rashawn Gary was an animal. Um, that's going to have to happen again um, if uh, if we're going to beat the Chiefs. Um, I just hope it's a good game. I, <laughs> I don't know which Green Bay team is going to show up, but I'm just hoping for a good game on Sunday Night Football. And uh, you know, it's always fun when you get to watch Patrick Mahomes. You just hope he doesn't shred your defense, but. Hopefully Rashawn Gary just keeps it rolling and, and makes it tough on him. Yeah, he did look <laughs> insane the other day. You oh, must have been, God. you know, so happy settling into your turkey, just watching the oh, uh, yeah. the Packers destroy and Rashawn Gary just single-handedly destroy yeah. um, Goff's world. It was uh, it was from an IDP fan perspective and a neutral, it was it was it was fun to watch in that in that sense. It was, man. I had happy beers instead of drowning my sorrow beers. So it was it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I mean that that brings us to the end of the, the show today. Um thanks for coming on. Uh, I can see why everybody wants you on their show. Um <laughs> it's it's been a lot of fun, huh? Oh man, thanks for having me, Jace. This was a blast, dude. Um I really appreciate you having me on. It's always fun getting to talk ball with you, man. This this was a blast. Uh, anytime, my man. Uh, as, as I said to you uh, off show, you're, you're loved around these parts. You know that. Um, no, I appreciate that, man. That's, you're too kind. <laughs> um, so please, please let the people know where they can find you and your fantasy content. Oh, right on, man. Yeah, I'm over at uh, footballguys.com. Um, I contribute to the IDP waiver wire report. Um, it's now an integrated tool on the website. It used to be article form. Um, so I, I uh, contribute to that. And so does Aaron Rudnicki with the upgrade downgrade. IDP players. So that's uh, something kind of new and cool that's on the website. Um, and also I'm, uh, oop, I am up updating my dynasty ranks um, here and there too, trying to keep those fresh because we're hitting that time of year where, you know, teams that are, I have a few teams out there that aren't looking so hot. So I'm looking for names that are floating around that could be, uh, you know, prospective young talent for next year. So trying to get those up to date, you know, because people are going to start snooping around those a little bit here. So. 
Good stuff. I mean, it almost goes without saying, um, but Kyle is a must-follow. He's 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 wonderful. <laughs> can't can't get enough of him. Um, if you want to follow me, you can find me on X at Jace Abbey. Uh, my weekly rankings are available uh, to subscribers on theidpshow.com. As always, thanks for tuning in. Your support is the reason we do this. Um, and I'll be back again next week to do this all over again with a focus on those week 14 rankings. Bye for now.